At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa Automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa Automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another The Dish with Trish podcast. I am your host. My name is Trisha Paytas. We are a day late and a dollar short because I was getting back. No, I'm just kidding. I had a really good weekend away. It was Father's Day weekend and I actually really went away for a little bit and then I was supposed to come back yesterday, do the podcast, didn't do it, took a day off, kind of kind of played hooky, but I was really, really, really trying because this is my first time I've ever missed a like, well, it might be up on Tuesday. I don't know. Video portion will probably be up Wednesday because I was just supposed to get so much done yesterday and just didn't. Sometimes you just need a personal day. And it was a really good personal day. It was really like playing hooky because like I did go out and like have fun. But then I was just thinking like, oh my God, I have to upload my OnlyFans, which we're going to talk about that because last time we talked about having a threesome, the threesome will be happening this week. But I did do another girl on girl and it was really, 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 really fun. Um, it was one of, the, one of my favorite OnlyFans models, Tucci Cash. I love her. Um, she, what a cool name too, Tucci. Tucci Cash. Such a cool name. Um, she has. 4.2 million followers on Instagram. I have followed her for so well, probably for like actually about like seven months. And then she's like, Oh, I've been following you like before you were following me, before you were doing OnlyFans, all this stuff. So it was a very like mutual like fandom thing. Um, so definitely go check out that video. It's on my OnlyFans, onlytrish.com. Definitely check out uh, Tucci. She has OnlyFans. She's the queen of OnlyFans. Um, she does a lot of content with a lot of girls. Mine's more few and far between. I would love to be at Tucci's level. I just like. I'm picky. Like, I know it's OnlyFans. I know it's entertainment. And a, and a lot of people will look at it like that. Like, I'll be like, but for me, I want to, like, enjoy it. Like, I really, really enjoy my OnlyFans. And, um, yeah, and her... Um her guy was super cool like it was just such a cool vibe I had so much fun we like went out to dinner after like got dressed up I love going out with hot chicks for dinner like it was so fun like I just and by the way I think everybody's a hot chick but I do have a very personal type when it comes to like who I want to like get down and dirty with and it's not even everyone's type I mean she's so fucking hot and like the number one OnlyFans but I do love that fake like plastic look it's like what I want to look like and I just can never even achieve it through plastic surgery like I still look very like natural everyone's like your boobs look natural your boobs are fake what and I'm like no I want big boobs but this guy I was hooking up with I told him that and he's like no 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 like I love your boobs like because I was gonna get them redone actually to get them like higher profile and like get like a mesh in them to keep it up and this guy I was hooking up with was like I actually really like actually two guys I said like that I was hooking up with said that they're like I really like your boobs that were like tear dropped and shit. And I was like, oh, okay. So it just looks like I love a big fake round tit. I think it's like so fucking hot. Um, but then some people like droopy and some people like a little bit of, of a teardrop and some people like real and some people like, you know, uneven, whatever. There's like, I've always said there's something for everybody. I, this girl, um, DM'd me, I don't know, a while ago, a couple months ago. And she, how do you stay so confident? Like I'm six, I think she was like six, six or something. She was, you know, no guy's going to like me. Like, and she was very young. First of all, she was like 18. I was like, girl, you're 
18, like at 18, like nobody fucking liked me at 18. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it just like there's late bloomers. And then like, hey, once you fucking bloom late bloomers, then you fucking go off. Like I feel like I'm like 32 and like in my fucking prime right now. Like I feel so fucking sexy and sexual like and I'm taking care of my sexual health. I'm getting tested like once a week now. Now that I'm like literally full on porn star, I like get tested like once a week. So the sex is like so much better. Once I start working out, I might be fucking riding dick like a fucking champion. And like even like, I don't know, like even just getting into pussy. I've just been I've been liking eating pussy better. I don't know. I just like all of it. Like I feel like I'm just in my peak in my sexual prime. Um, I get turned on by fucking anything. Like I, I don't know. It's very it's very fun. And I, I'm just like free and comfortable and confident in my skin. And that comes with age. And I told her, well, I told the the girl who was six six, I was like, girl, you are gonna find someone like that is going to be so fucking hard for you. So fucking I mean maybe she was a lesbian, I don't know. So no, she's not because like there's a follow-up, but um so that's gonna get so fucking hard for you. They're gonna they're just gonna fucking explode when they see your height. Because like any extremity, right? To like an extreme like an extreme anything is good too. Like some people want like an extreme, like even for me, I have a lot of followers that want me to keep gaining weight. They want me to be like extremely like just, you know, here I am just big, fat and beautiful. And I feel like that already, I already feel big, fat and beautiful, but like people want it to be even more and more extreme because the extremities are what's fucking hot, especially if that's what they're into. And she did follow up with me literally a couple days ago. I was like, Hey, I have this boyfriend. He's five, seven. They sent a picture. She goes, and I'm so fucking in love. The sex is so fucking bomb. Like, Oh my God, he treats me like a fucking princess and I was like I was so excited. So I guess the moral of that story and what I tell everybody is like literally you're everybody's type. Like even me, I was in the shower yesterday with this guy and I was just like, and I was like, cause like whatever, like I was like, I, oh, like I'm super comfortable. So there's like people I like go on dates with and like, okay, maybe this could be something. And then there's people I just like hook up with cause I'm comfortable. And this was one of my comfortable hookups. We're like friends, but we're also just like, fuck, you know, whatever. Um, and so I was like washing my belly cause this is how comfortable. This is how, this is how you know you're comfortable with someone. And this is what I'm saying. It's almost like friend level because like if I was like fucking, if I was like in love like right and i want my sex my husband to find me sexy at all times or boyfriend or whatever like i'm not gonna be shaving my fucking asshole like i bend down if you guys are just red i bend down and i shave my fucking butt crack (laughs) i get in there it's like not sexy people are like do a shaving video and then i do and they're like okay never mind just kidding (laughs) it's not necessarily the sexy sexiest thing ever but I was, but I'll like go in and like wash that vag all day long and whatever. And I was like washing my belly area, which was feeling kind of flat because I didn't really eat the day before. Like we had about a 24 hour fasting period, just like unintentionally. And I was like rubbing my belly and I was like telling him like stories about these guys that were like really into like my pop belly. And if you guys watch Pulp Fiction, um, what the best one of the best movies ever fucking made shout out quentin tarantino i fucking love quentin tarantino that could be a whole podcast onto itself quentin tarantino you come on my podcast i met quentin when i was 18 my whole goal of moving to la was to meet quentin tarantino so basically i was rubbing my pop belly and i was like telling the guy i was like yeah like some guys are like really into it or whatever and i always think that scene from pop fiction when the um i think she's french she might be french asian the girl with um, Bruce Willis in that scene where they're in the hotel room and she talks about her pop belly. He's like, if you had a pop belly, I'd punch you right in it. Some people really like I've had guys worship my little belly. And when I'm talking about a pop belly, like I've literally had someone call it a rice belly, like literally a rice belly. Like, I guess that's just what it is. I think it's cute as fuck. I've learned to love it. Obviously, I got liposuction, so it came down a little bit. So it's a more belly ish. It's more like little cute and round. Um, but I always hated it. And I and to be honest, it is one of my biggest bigger insecurities now. But I I, I just I, I don't know, like I, 
I've gotten so many people that were like obsessed with it and they loved it. Um, but going to the Quinch show, just every, just know, like even your biggest insecurity, the thing you hate the most, the thing that people think is disgusting. Like some people love it. People make fun of my tits all the time. Like I literally was like, I was supposed to be having surgery today and I was going to go through with it. But then like everyone I talked to and like even the people I talked with on my OnlyFans, but people in my real life, like everyone was just like, your boobs are good. And like this one girl who does my makeup, she's like, I wish my boobs would drop more. Like mine are too fake looking. So it's really just like a preference thing. And I actually quite like my boobs. I'm quite comfortable. They bounce nice. They can get in your face. Um, so there's just something for everybody. So just know that on the Quentin Tarantino story, nicest fucking celebrity. I always feel like I, I talk trash about so many people and so many celebrities. Quentin Tarantino is so fucking nice. He's married with a kid now and everything, but I like he, every time I met him, so fucking cool. And like, this is like the biggest director. Like when I met him, I met him around the time of Grindhouse and Glorious Bastards. Like I'm Django Unchained. Like this is when I like met him and like was like really fanning out. And he was so fucking cool. We were so tight, like not tight, but like just cool. Like every time you'd see me like trash, like give me a hug, like all this shit. Um, so I, big shout out to Quentin Tarantino. I love people who are humble. Eminem was one of the most humble people. Like, yeah, I mean, I was working on a music video with him, obviously, but everyone would be like, of course he'd be nice. That's not always the case. Like when I was on the Ellen show, like she wasn't like mean. She wasn't like, okay, get this fat bitch out. Like nothing like that. She was just very cold, really had no interest in talking to you. Tyra Banks with that. A lot of talk show. And I kind of get it, I guess. But when I have guests on my show, granted, I am not on the Tyra level, the Ellen level, in terms of how many years I've been in the industry and in terms of how many shows I'm doing on what kind of scale I'm doing. Those shows are quick turnaround, especially like Tyra, maybe not Ellen, but I know like Tyra and like Dr. Phil and like those kind of shows would do like three to four episodes a day. So maybe they are just like to possibly to to like be warm with everyone would be really, really hard, I would imagine. So I'm not like I'm never like I don't take it personally. But then there's some people who can be so fucking warm to you and so nice. And um, Dr. Phil was definitely not at Tyra called Callie, my daughter, and my mom was her grandma. Like it was very weird. She had the whole thing so messed up. I was like, OK, she didn't even like get her facts right. So you kind of just like go along with it because you don't want to like embarrass them on TV or whatever. Ellen was very cold as well. Like it was definitely like, don't talk to Ellen. She's not going to talk to you in between because like in between commercial breaks like even dr phil we had a commercial break so in between we're just like sitting there and it's like awkward he's like just like looking at his like cards and like i get it like rehearsing i guess but again like for me i i go over the top on my music videos on anything like with extras like i'm very over the top and i've been on music videos so like all american rejects for instance i did the beekeeper's daughter and you can see me in there i have a bright pink dress on the same pink dress i wore on america's got talent earlier that sh- that year because i was a broke bitch and like i got this one cool dress <laughs> It's not even cute. It's not even cute. It's fucking ugly. But I thought it was cute because it was like a stripper sexy dress for 20 year old me or however old I was. And like, I love all American rejects, but the lead singer like just wasn't friendly. And I get it. Amy Winehouse. She was probably the worst. She was so turned off by every like there not everyone. There was like a couple extras that would like come up to her. I was in the tears dry on their own video. And you can see me at the beginning. I'm like a hooker with like a purple skirt in front of a, a teal wall. And then again, you see my back. I'm in like a pink nighty thing. I was super self-conscious because I was casted to be like a sexy hooker. And like the other girls that were cast as that type had like the big fake boobs and like the skimpy outfits. So that was sexy for me. Dave, David LaChapelle directed that. And so that was sexy for me. But again, and she was just, I, she was with her husband, I think at the time she would just like make out with him the whole time and just so annoyed if anyone came up to her. Um, and then the all American rejects guy, like he kind of just hid, which I get to, but like for me, I mean, again, I'm not on the scale of them. I like to just make people feel like, like extras dancers. Like I'm always like, thank you so much. Like even if we're paying them, whatever, it's just like, I, 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 I always pay scale. I always want to make sure they're like fed. They're good. Like, Hey, and like, 
And then people are like, I, is it weird that I asked for a picture? I'm like, no, take all the pictures. And I think that's just like me. There's certain people that'll just always, I feel like, be humble and sweet. And I feel like Eminem's also one of those people. Um, when I did the We Made You video with him, um, I played the fat Jessica Simpson and he was my boyfriend in the video, Tony Romo. And um, yeah, it was really cool. Like he was super sweet. Like there's some behind the scenes of it, but even even not behind the scenes stuff when they stopped filming, like he was so fucking cool. Like he like had me like pat his... um his he had like a like an obvious big piece in his cock area and he was so like cool because i'm i i feel like i'm usually the person that like maybe goes a little too much with like the sexuality but he was super cool he's like he's like i'm like is that real he's like yeah touch it or whatever you know what i mean not in like a, i know that's probably sounds good but i was the one that's like oh my god i want to touch it but you know it's eminem like you're not just supposed to just touch his cock as like a random extra but obviously it's this big piece it was like the whole joke right it was his dick fucking padding um and he was so cool, like even off. And he's like, because he came on on and we like did our little thing on the behind the scenes. And I was so fucking nervous. I was tw- I was like 19 or 20. And I was so nervous. It was like Eminem. Like he was such a big deal. He still is. But he was like the biggest fucking deal. Like when I was in middle school, with like real slim shady. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, what the fuck? Joseph Kahn was directing it. And it's cool. It's it was it was so awesome. And in, in like cool he was just like and then he introduced himself as marshall like i remember that so like the camera stopped and he's like hey i'm marshall like thank you so much and then like the director joseph khan who's known for being kind of like um i don't want to say like stalin like i don't I, I really don't know who stalin is i just always hear that as like a dictator like just like very you know whatever um but he definitely was like the wardrobe had originally put me in um like a denim skirt because they didn't have my size, even though I gave them my size and I was literally playing plus size Jessica Simpson. Like they literally hired a Jessica Simpson to be fat because at the time her mom jeans thing was a thing where it made her look fat or whatever. So they wanted me to be fat eating cheeseburgers because that was like the hot topic of Jessica Simpson in 2009 or whatever that was. And so they just didn't have anything that fit me. And I was only like 180 pounds, like a size 12. Like it's a pretty generic, it's a pretty standard size for someone who's considered plus size in the industry. So I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Anyways, they ended up, and I remember Joseph Kahn, and I think in the behind the scenes, he even says that the director was like, uh daisy dukes do they not know what daisy dukes are they're supposed to be but like on camera it was worse off camera because he's like do they not know what fucking daisy dukes are like it's supposed to be a freaking you know fucking shorts and shit (laughs) and so they ended up like oh my god they're probably so freaking out i think someone literally probably just took off their jeans like some crew member or something and they just cut them in daisy duke style um, <laughs> which I, it, was, it ended up looking great. They tried to put brown eye contacts in my eyes because I had blue eyes, but no one even really saw that. But in Jessica Simpson had brown, but no one really saw that. Um, that was one of those roles where they casted a fat Jessica Simpson. And I was like, if I don't get this role, it was what Christine Taylor said when she was cast as Marsha Brady or she was auditioning for Marsha Brady. She had her whole life. People told her she looked at Marsha Brady. She was, so if I didn't get this role, I knew I was like time to quit and just like give up on your entertainment dreams. That's how I felt. I'm, like, I'm going to give up on my Hollywood aspects, my Hollywood glamorous entertainment aspects if I don't get fat Jessica Simpson. I literally, everybody, like even when I was like younger and newly was a big thing. They're like, you look like a fat Jessica Simpson. Everyone always said that. And I know like maybe now I'm different, but like my aesthetic back then, the way I dressed, my blonde hair, all that stuff like that, I always got that. My big boobs. And um, my personality, too, I always look like a little dumber back in the day. (laughs) Some people would say I'm still dumb. But yeah, I was like, if I don't get casted as fat Jessica Simpson and I've been told this my whole life, then like, fuck it, I'm done. And sure enough, I I went for the audition. I got the call literally like we were literally at Saddle Ranch eating and I got the call. And it was so great because I was eating mac and cheese. And I was like, you know what's so fucking great about being a plus size, big size girl is you can fucking eat mac and cheese the day before the shoot. And it's perfectly fine because that's why people want to fuck with me and um yeah eminem was so fucking cool and he won the vma for that best hip-hop video that year 2009 that was the year kanye west went up to taylor swift so 
Shout out to Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. Eminem, Quentin Tarantino, Eli Raw for being the top three nicest celebrities. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston was also a really nice celebrity. I did this movie called Wonderlust. I got cut. And please, the director of Wonderlust was so sweet. I can't think of his name right now, but the director was so sweet. Please, can you give me at least my footage that I shot my scene? We did like a photo shoot. Um, the actor I was doing it with was Joe Lou Truglio. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Look him up. Joe Lou Truglio or something like that. He's been in a ton of... Wait. No. I'm trying to think. What's that... I'm so bad. I'm so bad. What is his name? I wonder. I got to look this up, you guys. Hold on one second. Um, let's see here. Wonderlust. It was Jennifer Aniston and her hubby um, movie. So, okay. Yeah, Wonderlust. It's Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston. Justin Thoreau was in it. Oh, Mylon Ackerman. Mylon Ackerman was so sweet. Was David Wayne the yeah, director? Was David Wayne, Ken Marino, um, Alan Alda. So yeah, I whoever the director was, if you can just release my scenes or my photos, because the actor, he's not even one of them. That's how big the cast is. Like the actor I was a Joe Low, Truglio. Um, so he's been in tons of shit. Wow, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, like, I know, oh, super bad. You would like just know him. He's like that character actor. And he was like a politician or something, maybe, or he was at the end. Cause I was, it wasn't like I had a, like a plot in the movie. I wasn't even like extra, but I was supposed to be like, I guess like his wife, like a trophy wife in the book, doing book covers with him. And we did like a whole photo shoot set. Um, they never, had, but I, you know what I think happened? I think they casted three girls to do that same part, but I don't think they ended up using any of it. It was supposed to be like maybe at the credits or something. I, cause we, I went to go see the movie and I was so excited. I was like, I know I'm in it. Cause I didn't know the context of where I would be in it, but it kind of made sense. Cause I think at the end, the guy becomes a politician, like his character. So then he's like on a book cover or something. And I think I was supposed to be on the book cover with him. I think they ended up just using his solo shots, but I remember there's two other girls that were like tall and thin and pretty. And then there was like me and granted the guy is like a character actor. So he's not necessarily like the hottest guy, but maybe he was supposed to have a really hot wife. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but it was a really cool experience to do it. Cause I got to go to the universal lot. We shot on the back lot. Um, Malin Ackerman was there. I remember she was super nice. Paul Rudd was there. Did not talk to him. I think it was like a hello sort of in passing. And then Jennifer Aniston was in the makeup room and she had seaweed and she was offering the makeup artist seaweed. I believe, I think she offered me seaweed. Now I've told this story is so many years and you know, when you tell something and you really want to convey how nice the person is, I don't know if she offered me seaweed. I want to say yes, because I think I ate it. I just remember eating seaweed on the set of that. So I want to say she offered it to me. I don't know. Like I said, so many years when the stories start, you just want to like hype something up. And, but it was cool. I remember seeing her and her and even Malin Ackerman. You guys have probably seen her too. She was in a, like a long came Polly with Ben Stiller. Like, they're just so beautiful because they're fucking movie stars and movie stars are always just like 10 times more beautiful and perfect in person because if they're that beautiful and perfect on camera, like in person, you just can. And I just remember Jennifer Aniston just like glowing and being stunning. And I absolutely loved it. And she was also really nice. So Jennifer Aniston, Marshall Mathers, Quentin Tarantino, Eli Roth. Eli Roth is the one who introduced me to Quentin Tarantino. I always stand for him. I want him to come on the podcast. I feel like maybe over the years he's found me creepy because I was, you know, I was kind of like a fan. 
I get it, like keeping fans at a distance. But I always was such a fan girl of Eli is like hostile, hostile too. He did. He directed both of those movies. He was obviously acting in Inglorious Bastards. But he's always been super cool. When I did my Quentin Tarantino music video, I was asking him, hey, if there's any way I can get like a pussy wagon or something like that. You know, just I, I shoot big. I go big. You know, the, the, always go for your dreams. Always aim big. The worst that can happen is someone says no. And guess what? I used to hate rejection and fear. But guess what? It's just no. You don't die. You go on and fuck your dream girl on OnlyFans. You guys, I just posted my OnlyFans, the 2G one, and I'm getting really good feedback on my Instagram. I posted the photo of us kind of like about to kiss or whatever. And everyone's like, so proud of you. <laughs> oh, and she's so sweet. I love her. 2G gosh, I love her. I love girls, you guys. I think I'm going to become lesbian. I don't know. I had a really sweet date though, too. I had a sweet, I had a sweet date last week too. It's so interesting, like chemistry and like you can have really bomb sex with someone, but like it doesn't work in a relationship. And then you could have a really good like relationship, like this person's the sweetest in a relationship. And then the sex is like, wah, wah. but because um, I've had that, I've had both. And this guy last week I went on a date with was, was it was new and it was great. And he's so hot. And I was just like treating me like a fucking princess. And, um, it, you know, the sex was just, you know. It wasn't sparks, even kissing, even kissing. Sometimes you just feel like you're kissing a fish or whatever. I don't know. I'm kind of like putting dating on hold for a minute. Like I know a lot of people think I'm desperate for love. And you know what? Like I feel loved. Like I feel loved in my life right now. Like I have really good friends in my life. I'm meeting new friends that I love. Like um, I, I, I'm rekindling like old friendships or even old relationships that just didn't work. Or maybe we tried, but like there's still love. You know what I mean? I have so much love for people in my life. And that's why I'm trying to like, you know, hold on to like, hey, we didn't work out as fucking dating. Like let's let's be friends or whatever. You know what I mean? And like I said, sometimes like sexual chemistry is just like, oh, you just got to You just got to. And then sometimes it's just not there. It's just not like that. Um, like my, my best friend, Jeff, like who actually is the reason I know Eli. He was in the Thanksgiving trailer. He co-wrote it with Eli. Um, they've been friends since they were like five years old. Like, I think the most sexual thing we ever did was like touch tongues the very first night we met drunk in Boston. Um, but other than that, you just kind of like and you know what? He's hot. He's a big dude. He he fucking loves me more than anything. Like he fucking moved me. He moved all my shit last move for nothing just to come out for two weeks. He like literally rescued me. This was like a time when the I was going through like Internet drama or whatever. And um, I really needed someone to be there for me. And he just he's always there for me. Shout out, Jeff. Like anytime I need him, he'll just fly and be by my side. Like he's he has so much fucking love for me, you know, and I, I love him. And it's just like but it's just almost like that's like what we know it's meant to be, you know, so I don't know. Like, I'm not, am I looking for like romance and stuff? Like, yeah, it would be cool. But I'm having fun doing OnlyFans and it's honestly not fair. And I don't know if I'd want a guy okay with me doing OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a guy fucking, you know, like girl on girls, whatever. But now I'm kind of getting like I said into the threesome territory and shit like that. And I, and I'm excited and I love it and I want to do it. Like, this is my shot, right? But it's like, I wouldn't be fair to somebody to start dating me and like having to deal like it just and I wouldn't want a guy okay with that because if you're okay with I, I wouldn't be okay with it for you you know what I mean so sometimes I just need like I don't know I'm just going through a me phase right now and I'm loving it this is for all my creative artists out there you guys as creatives the system right now supporting creative people is broken the COVID-19 crisis and all the other crises we're facing in this world is making it more obvious than others right now the system is putting algorithms over ideas quantity over quality what's easy to sell over what's actually good money brands and just about everything else over the people who actually make the things that inspire us the artists 
the fans, the supporters. Why are we doing this to brands and relying on people? Hey, give us some of that, some of that coin, some of that coin. I'm happy to take the coin from Patreon because they're supporting creators and fans and sharing the money and the wealth so we can keep creating and inspiring and not just becoming part of the machine. Patreon.com is our sponsor. Patreon.com offers a better way. At Patreon, they help creators build a more sustainable income by offering a monthly membership to their most passionate fans. They take care of all the hard work for you, the refund the complaints, the add-ons, the payouts, the taxes, they take care of it. It gives us freedom as creatives to do our best work. Patreon gives the financial stability they need to build an independent creative career as creatives. It's also a chance for creative people to create a lasting, more meaningful connection with a supportive audience without interference from trolls, ads, and algorithms. Let me tell you, a one-on-one connection with your fans and your supporters, the ones who truly love you, that truly want you to succeed, is so much better. Behind a paywall, you can do that. Otherwise, trolls are just paying you and end up putting money in your pocket, which helps you also create your art. So thank you, everybody. But it is a safe space, and that's why I love my personal Patreon. In turn, fans who sign up get access to exclusive community, premium content and the chance to become active participants in the work they love they get to be more than social media followers and enjoy a more direct relationship with your favorite artists and creators you also get the pride to feel work that really matters to the audience i think it's great i love when people give me ideas give me feedback i'm always on a one-on-one conversation with them i tell them about the sex i had last night they don't have to you know they get it now they get it here and now um they get to give me input we get to chat we get to talk people came on my tour come on my patreon and we share like exclusive photos it's really really fun it's like a secret society so it's a really cool place and you get people to support you and you know that they love you and you just feel safe and sharing pretty much anything i've had story times on there that i would never tell anywhere else because i just want to i'd feel weird about it and um hey if you want to hear my my juice you gotta you gotta pay to support the art and that's I am. I'm an artiste. You think I'm a chicken nugget came out of nowhere? No. (laughs) So if you're a podcaster, video maker, musician, writer, illustrator, if you're a creative person of any kind or simply love one, now is the time to check out patreon.com. Now is the time to join the millions of fans and creators who are changing the way art is valued together. Patreon.com. Dude, during that little commercial break, I took a little break too. And like, can we talk internet drama? You guys, here's, you know what's so funny? I've been so, I took like like literally three days away from like the internet. I think I posted like a picture on Father's Day or whatever. I've been like so away from it. And it's like, it's so weird. I think, I talked about this a little bit in my vlogs. I'll touch on the podcast really quick. But I feel like when you're in a good like pace in life, like you're in a good space, right? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, all of that. It's actually like, it really like when it all just like comes together, it just all comes together. Like I just don't get bothered by things. And then when I look at other people's internet drama, I'm like, really? And there are some people like, Hey, I was, I was in the thick of it too with people and we'd go back and forth and I'd get so pissed. They'd make a video on me and then they'd come even lower, do lower blows and jabs at me. And it's like, yeah, this is just because everyone's on social media, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on Instagram, you're probably on Facebook, you're probably on YouTube or some shit. Um, word of advice right like don't take it so seriously like and if you do if you are getting offended and worked up over shit people who don't know you or talk like figure out what's gonna make you happiest okay so I feel like I've always been pretty happy with like my career and like where I was going and but you know what surprisingly to most people this will be a surprise to a lot of people financially I always kind of struggled now okay, you make $200,000 a month, like for the past 10 years, how are you financially struggling? And the 
answer to that question is I'm a fucking dumbass. Hi, this is now a Susie Orman podcast. Let's get her ass on here and talk about how I was financially irresponsible for fucking eight years of my life when I was making millions of dollars a year. And what do I have to show for it? Well, I recently I'm about to purchase my first piece of well, it's not my first piece of property, but my first home that I'm going to live in. I purchased properties that on like a lower scale, 50,000 here for a down payment, 50,000 there. But I'm finally really getting into the real estate game. I'm looking at Vegas. Obviously, I'm going to get a house here in California. I'm looking in Maui. I'm finally getting to this this place. This And you know what? Like, obviously, shout out to OnlyFans and the quarantine for getting my ass financially stable and responsible. All my tax debt paid off. All my cars paid off. Like I really didn't have credit cards because I've always had bad credit. But now my credit's improving because I got a credit repair company. Because like when I was 18, I would just get credit cards and not pay for that shit. And like I feel like that's why recently I've been really just happy and blooming because I'm finally out of debt, owing taxes, having liens on me, all this crazy shit. Because I would I would just spend. I would make it and like, yeah, I'll give a little bit to the government or whatever, like pay it off a little bit here and there. But then I'd get cars and be more in debt or whatever. It's like, I just, you know, and, and that's fine. But I kind of just kind of I'm such, such a spending problem. I was doing music videos. I was doing like two music videos like a month and music videos. My music videos were anywhere from 50000 to $150,000 per music video. I was just like traveling. My one boyfriend I was with, I was paying for all our vacations. We were going to Mykonos first class. Then we'd stop in Paris and just change the flights in first class and hotels and Maui and Bora Bora. And hey, I still want to go on vacations, but damn, I was, I'll be going like every month because I was trying to get pregnant. You know what I mean? I was trying to get knocked up. <laughs> And so I always like was trying to time it around ovulation time. But you know what? That's just what it is. It's like if it's not meant to be, it's not going to be because I, I would like plan vacations around ovulation time and try and get try and have sex because like we he didn't start coming inside me until like a couple months in. And I never tricked him. Like I'm going to say it right. Like obviously, you know, I'm going to say it out here. Like I never tricked him. I was just like, hey, it's really hard for me to get pregnant. And that's the fucking truth. I did the HSG tests where they like shoot fucking fluid up you and up your tubes to see if it passes or whatever. And it just and it, it would a little. I was just I had really bad scarring on my tubes because of fucking chlamydia because I had it twice. So again, be fucking safe. If I can promote anything, go get fucking STD tests more often than not. I would say every couple months if you're with different people. That's why monogamy is a beautiful thing too. I mean, I'm fucking everyone on OnlyFans, but they're professionals. Like I'm only fucking professionals. There was a I'm not gonna whatever. There was somebody I knew on OnlyFans that wanted to like collab and but they just fuck the most they fuck random people and like that's cool. Like no judgment. Fuck random people, but I'm not about it because it's like they're not professional on the level that like they're like, oh, we need to get tested. We need to make sure everyone's like, you know, because the civilians, oh my god, I'm such a the civilians, you know, just just don't get tested. I didn't either. I was probably getting tested like maybe depending on how promiscuous I was, like maybe every six months, maybe once a year. Um, But yeah. And so I was just like, I don't know about I, like every I have to be very I'm very, very specific on who I'm fucking. And, um, you know, it's not even about being mutually beneficial. Like you can have whatever followers, but I got sidetracked all over again. But back to Susie Orman over here. You guys, if I can give anyone pieces of advice is this, and this is probably the most generic advice you could get. And it's something like, oh, no shit, Sherlock, everyone should know this. But like I didn't because I also have spending problems, <laughs> but I've, I've really gotten that under control. Um, and so basically it's just like, hey, <laughs> they always say this, put half away for put half away. Start with that first. Like I just started putting half away. OK, from that half, like you're probably going to put half of that half or a little more into taxes. But hey, if you can have a little savings, a little pocket, don't even fucking touch it. Then, hey, you putting half away into savings, that other half, spend it if you want, you know, but 
but then you start playing like a game with yourself. Like I put halfway and I was like, no, let me put 75% of this way. And then I keep whatever I need to keep in there for bills. And then, hey, maybe sometimes I want to keep a little extra in there. Maybe I only want to put 50% away and I'm going to spend 50%. But having said that, when you see that savings grow, you start getting excited. Sorry, everyone hates when I like swallow. I'm a really loud swallower. I need to move away from the mic. Babe, like then like, st- like sometimes I'll put 90% away and I'll feel really good about that. And I'm like, I just have like a couple thousand in my account or whatever to spend for food or whatever I need for the week. Um, but then you start, like I said, you start playing this game where you're like, okay, 90%. And so like the other week I, I kept putting like 80% away, 80% away. Cause you know, fucking taxes is going to have to come up. Right. And house and all that stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, because I want to save for something, I'm, I have to put a little more. So that's when the 90% comes in. But I've been putting 90% away. And I was like, damn it, I want to fucking, I want a Birkin bag. Now, every person who can't afford a Birkin, not every person, but for me, I'll speak for me. It's just like fat people who say they're happy being fat. Like the majority probably want to be a healthy weight. It's just hard for them to get there. Birkin bags, Aramaid's Birkin bags, they're super hard to get. They're super expensive when you get them. They're minimum 20000 The most expensive can be like 300000 And I was like, you know, I'm going to get a 24000 Birkin bag. I found a broker. I found someone who can get one for me. And I was so excited. I was like, this is it. This is the staple, right? But so I got, I got my, my payment in my, when I get paid out or whatever, I got my payment in. I was like, let me get a Birkin bag. But then I was just like, you know what? No, I really want this house, bitch. Go put that towards the house. You know, you can get a nice fucking Beetlejuice dining room table in your new house. Like put that towards that. So uh, there's some things I splurge like my birthday. I'll like splurge and get a Rolex or whatever, but it does become more exciting. And maybe that's just something you mature into. And like I said, I'm kind of a late bloomer all around. So now that I finally like have credit, have shit. And you know what? That's why I let shit go too. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, hey, I do have something to lose. So I'm not going to fight battles. I'm not going to fucking be a mess anymore. Like, hey, if you want to talk shit about me, if you want to, whether it's the truth, whether it's not the truth or it's somewhere in between, like I just let people talk. Like if that makes you feel better, if that gets you money, if that like, I don't know, whatever it is, that's not my business anymore because I have too much going for me now. And that wasn't always the case. I think I was such a messy bitch. Because I just didn't feel like I had much going for me. My credit sucked. I was never going to get a house. I could never save money. I always owed money to the government. I just thought I was just, I was just always going to be just drowning in just my own debt and just like, whatever, but I'm going to keep buying shit to make me happy. And you know, I like, yeah, I buy shit still, but it's like here and there. And it's usually like for a costume for OnlyFans or something. I don't know. I'm just, it's again, a content thing where I I keep saying that as like a theme or recurring thing, but it's kind of nice. And just definitely save. If nothing else, put 50% away in savings. And if all that goes to your taxes at the end of the year, so be it. But it's just nice to have that and not knowing you owe something because all that adds like stress, like, oh, knowing you owe money, knowing this, knowing. I mean, there was a time like even last year, I think I was just like, I would have like $500 in my account and then it would go negative. And it was like, that's just, that adds so much more stress. So I was always okay with like whatever, but now that I'm like rebuilding friendships and I've been working on that, I've been rebuilding for a while, but it's so nice. I hung out with um, Shane and Rylan last week and, um, you know, Shane's such a fucking sweet, empathetic soul. He feels everything so deeply, you know, and um, I don't know, he was just feeling like the weight of just, and I, you know, I just told him like from my perspective, because this is where we started, right? And this is a generic thing for everybody, but hey, like, if, if, if social media is affecting you and it totally does to everybody, I'm sure I'll have another bout somewhere along this where maybe something will affect me again, maybe not. But once I even start feeling a little affected by something, I just stop. I just stop reading comments. I just stop. I'll post and I'll look at my feed because it's social media is fucking fun. I'm going to watch YouTube videos. If it's about me, no. If it's like, no, I just stop. 
you know? And that's like the best advice I could give anyone, even unsolicited, you know? There was a YouTuber last week having like a meltdown, you know, just on social media and just, it was really affecting. And I just, whether I like that person or not, I was like, you just need to stop. Like, take a break. Don't read it. Keep putting out your content. Keep doing what you like to do. Um, you know, Shane, it's for him. It's like writing and stuff. And I just, I love just seeing him like happy and just like doing his shit, like the horror movie shit. And it's like, I hate that all this other stuff gets brought into it. Like, what was it? Something I had, like, I didn't even have to, but I saw Jeffrey address it. So many people are like, talk about Jeffrey star, talk about Jeffrey star, tell the truth about Jeffrey. And it's like, first of all, whatever my truth is, is my truth. That's like, (laughs) I don't want to compare to that, but telling someone they have to do something, no matter it, like, no, Someone has to feel comfortable and safe, okay? Second of all, bitches saying be scared of being canceled. Me, like, standing by Jeffrey in our friendship gets me more canceled because you're like, tell the truth about Jeffrey. Jeffrey body shamed you. And, like, I hate even bringing attention to this because people who don't know about it then are going to go research it and fucking stupid ass channels are going to get their fucking views to fucking get your dollar or whatever you got to get. No, no shame, no shame. Like, literally, and the hustle, hustle how you want to hustle. I fucking eat girls out for a living. People fucking want to spin shit. It's it's whatever. I don't knock the hustle, so I'm sorry. So I'm, it, someone I heard, I heard one of the channels got $37,000 off, of, off of a month off of Jeffrey Drama last year. So get your coin, I guess. But to, for so many people to be like, he did this, he did that. It's like, nobody was on the trip, right? No, Nobody, I mean, people that were, were. And whatever, whatever took place, my, as I said in the last podcast, my perception is my reality and I am not one to, I don't need to kiss anyone's ass. I do absolutely nothing with Jeffrey. We're not in the beauty world. We don't do, there's nothing we do together that helps me out financially. He came on my podcast as a, as a friend to help me and that's it. And then came on my party and, and he's been cool. He paid for that whole trip to Vegas, asked me to go on Valentine's day cause he knew I was single and like that to me was such a cool trip. Like he fucking got me these fucking cool ass Louis Vuitton, you know, slippers. And like, again, I don't need gifts. Like a lot of people, like, oh, you're on the payroll. I'm like, I buy my own Louis Vuitton slippers. I'm like, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I just, it's such a weird culture where people like expose him, say the truth. He did this to you. And they're just like pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's like, fuck, just stop. Like make your coin. I get it. Get a couple videos, milk it out if you need to. But like just the fucking barrage of comments and it's like died down so like i said to even talk about it so fucking stupid but like damn like someone else like if someone else feels bad for me let them feel bad for me if someone else thinks you know that's why i never really judge relationships like or friendships like if there's friend groups i remember being let's t- let's do a shots happy hour time every time trisha paytas mentions the vlog squad but i'm just again i always i'm gonna always talk about ex-boyfriends is just what it is. I'm going to always talk about ex-friends and like, yeah, like I just remember being in that group. And at the time, so many people kind of would even still like they hated the way like David would treat Jonah or um, I'm trying to think of like other friend group. Like, I guess, I don't know. I guess this might be T. I don't know. I guess Big Nick's kind of going against them now because some people didn't like the way they talked about Big Nick and stuff like that. Um, or the way he talked to Corinna, you know, calling her whore and stuff. And um a lot of people didn't like that. And uh, even me, right? Okay. So a lot of people were like, I mean, I'm hated. So they probably didn't care, but he made so many like horror jokes to me and stuff. And it's like, in this, I will say in their defense, like, it's like, 
that was our relationship. Like I liked it. I thought it was funny. Like I love self-deprecating humor and a lot of friend groups are okay with that. So to like judge on the outside, like, oh, I hate the way they treat this person. And I, I think the main one I always hear is like Jonah, how they treat him. And I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's in the friend group. I don't know if they talk because I fucking David hasn't vlogged and I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like that kind of thing. Like, oh, well, they said that and, you know, I did watch a video. Rich Lux, another person that was on the trip, you know, said, you know, that's how he had he had humor with Jeffrey that maybe someone would consider rude or something like that. And I don't even consider me and our friendship like Jeffrey's always been so fucking kind to me and stuff like that. So I don't even consider our friendship any sort of like rudeness or I've never he's never made me feel bad about anything. And I'll be the first to fucking say it if I need to. But at this point, too, in my life, like I said, I'm kind of on this like coast right now and I'm like coasting and I'm chilling that like even if someone did like body shame me or something like I probably wouldn't even talk about it because it's it's okay like lessons learned and you know that's that's it you know how people say about me and stuff is not a reflection of me um so yeah I don't know people like wanted to like talk me to talk about it there's just like nothing to talk about nothing to expose and you know I'm not I would never say Jeffrey's perfect I don't say Shane's perfect I don't say you know what I mean but I love them and support them and they're my friends and it's it's like anything like if I fucking screw up and shit you don't just like fucking jump ship and be like peace like whatever like you know I don't even know what the extent of any of this drama you know I don't know I don't really I just don't I was looking at stuff today I was like what if keep up with also shout out to keemstar i'm wearing a keem park hoodie i told him he should sell these i don't know what keem park is i went to go to his website i think it's a gaming site i went to go buy one on there and they're not for sale and i was like who the fuck doesn't sell their merch but he did send me one and i didn't even have to fuck them so thank you keemstar what up Welcome to the Related Podcast. My name is Carly Bible. And my name is Amanda Bible. And we are two sisters that are obsessed with inner and outer beauty and everything in between. We hope to inspire you and bring you behind the scenes to discuss all things related to our lives. And nothing is off limits. <laughs> you can download new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. DMs to some of the people in the Hype House. Um, we were sending video. Can I say this? Oh, they'll probably never want to be my friends, but it's fine. They're 20. <laughs> I probably won't be their friends anyways. Um, Hype House. Are they still a thing? TikTok? I'm sorry. This is the TikTok segment of the show. <laughs> Speaking of David, I said something like, Alex Warren is greater than David Dobrik. Don't even at me. And it's obvious like a, whatever. I fucking, who fucking cares? But, but Alex Warren is this um, big on TikTok. I think he has over 10 million followers on TikTok um, dating a fucking hot chick named Cover, and the reason i found them is through another a, a drama video one of their ex-friends exposed them basically saying like they kind of just like ditched her they were the reason they met but then ditched her i guess because they became like an item and like hey bye we're moving out and i think the girl is just her i get it and they're all fucking they're literally like 17 they're all 17 at the time or 18 so it's like it's kids whatever but i was so invested i watched this like girl story that i didn't even know i don't even know her name but I felt bad for her. Like, I could tell she was, like, hurt or whatever. But that that is what happens. Like, people are going to really show up with their kippies out. We're going to go be our own couple, our own team. Um, I had some bomb-ass sex. Sorry, not to get sidetracked. But I had some bomb-ass sex where we were, like, looking deep into each other's eyes. And we're just like, we're going to be a team. We're going to be together. Oh, Sometimes that's just nice to hear. Because <laughs> sometimes I like to just hear, like, I'm going to come in your pussy even if they don't. And then this guy the other day was just like, I'm going to come on your face. And then he didn't. And he's like, I just like to like the, the thought of it. I get it. I'm the same way. I'm like, come on, pussy, come in me like a fucking whore. Like, the thought of it's nice. Even if you like don't want it, you're like, oh, fuck, now I got to get a plan B pill or whatever. Not me. I can't get fucking pregnant. But um, sometimes the idea, but like, oh, 
missionary, there's a lot to be said about missionary. We're going to get back to TikTok hour in a minute. So sorry, but missionary and social, like we were looking in your eyes. We had, okay. I had a really amazing sex with this guy. Um, I was like on the edge of the bed and he was like standing and we're just like rocking, but like he's inside me. And I was just like, do you love me? Like, are we together? Like we're a team. Like it just feels so good to connect. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes hooking up with like friends and shit too is like cool too because it's like you know they love you. And sometimes like if the chemistry is there, which is not always. I have like a friend that we like try to fuck so much and just like could not happen. Like we just couldn't do it. This was a few months ago. And it just like it couldn't, it just didn't work. Like he couldn't do it. I couldn't, it was just like it just didn't like his dick would like literally go soft in me. Which maybe is more embarrassing for me. I don't know. But, um, you know, just it, sometimes it doesn't work. And then sometimes you just have really good chemistry with someone. And you're just like, oh, even if you're like not at the same space in life right now to be together, or whatever, you're just like, oh, and I just like feeling loved and to look at someone's eyes. And lately I've been like having conversation, 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 conversations during sex, like missionary. It's like, hey, can we like talk? Cause I just hear so much better. I'm like rocking. If you're if you're just listening, <laughs> the visual is just me rocking. I'm like, hey, can we have a conversation? Aw, I fucking, I love my friends. <laughs> I love my friends so much. At the end of the day, I'm a hopeless romantic, you guys. I'm fucking, I love love. I love sex. I love love. I love all of it. Yay. <laughs> no, yeah. Like even the idea of like going on a dating app or like meeting someone new again, like the guy I met new last week, I was just like, eh. You know, I just want it to happen like naturally or not naturally or just never. I'm at that point where I was like, I'm kind of cool being alone. So I get a house and I'm like, and you know, this is my house, bitch. Like, fucking, I want to get married. You might take half my shit. <laughs> now that I have shit going for me, I was like so desperate to get married because like Jason had good credit and shit. And I was like, oh, he's on the up and up. He saves money. Like, yeah, we're going to let's go on this. Ride. <laughs> but I got my shit. I'm like, whatever. Which in a way. You can attract people with your own shit. You know, like when you have your own shit going, you attract people with your own shit, with their own shit going. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we watched Nine Day Fiance um, Happily Ever After the other day and uh, like last night or two nights ago. And like so many of them just don't work. And we're like, uh-uh. and they have like babies. And I'm like, how do you just like not work? But like the other person won't work either. It's such a weird thing. And I'm like, how do you just not work? And I guess like, like minded just attract like minded. And maybe that's even me too. Like I, whatever. I mean, and whatever but sometimes you just gotta like keep on your hustle keep on your grind and you attract what you put out and i'm putting up love and positivity and sexual energy and i feel like i'm getting a lot of that back like everyone in my life right now everyone i've been with like everyone i'm like around that surrounds me whether friendships or whatever because like i had we had a feast we had an El Torito feast at shane and rylands and we just it was just such good vibes man and Jane Ryland, if you're still listening, because I think they listened to the audio of this. Hey, if you guys are still listening, you are the best vibes ever. You guys deserve the fucking world. Like, they just, I just want you guys to know how perfect. And Shane, like, you're fucking perfect. Like, that is a perfect little angel. Like, I'm just telling you, like, Shane is just so fucking sweet, genuine, pure. Like, I don't know. I He just, people just want to always bring people down. It's a weird time we're in or whatever. But I fucking love him. I'll stand by him for fucking ever. Even if he disappeared off the internet forever, I'm like, and he said that too. He's like, even if everything went away, he's like, at least I have you as always. That's fucking real. That's fucking friendships. Like, I don't fucking, I, you know, good people are good people. So anyways, but yeah. Back to how I found out. Um, but no, I was like video messaging, um, like Alex Warren and, and Cover was on there. And it's like such a, it's such a weird thing, right? Like social media 
you see these people online and you like don't know them and like once you like have a personal like connection to them right they're like sending video messages back and forth it's just like it's so weird it's just it's so weird to see people i guess on social media i'm a huge fan of them so shout out to them or whatever i don't really know where the story was going other than like his vlogs are eerily similar to david so if you miss david dobrik posting vlogs i don't think he's going to if if i can predict it i predict um he'll get his own late night talk show on NBC because I feel like they're kind of teeing him up for that. I feel like they're going to kick Lily Singh out. Jimmy Fallon even said the other day, like, hey, what do you think about like people like saying you're the new me? You're the new Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, who's saying that? <laughs> David doesn't interview people. Even on his own podcast, he doesn't interview people. He barely can make 40 minutes of time on his podcast, which no shade, like whatever. But I was like, oh, are people saying that? But I feel like they're trying to gear him up. And he always said his dream was to be like a late night talk show host, which is like so random and so far from what he's doing. But hey, if he gets that good for him, and I just predict he'll probably, um, yeah, he'll probably just quit YouTube. I mean, look at Liza Koshi, super sweet. Again, never shade against her. I fucking love her. She probably was like the nicest human ever, like so warm and inviting, always welcoming and just amazing. Um, just stop, just stop YouTube. I'm like, how, what do you do? Like, what do you do? I mean, and you can, I guess you could make that much money if you guess if you invest it right. But it's like, don't even, even if it's not about money, like let's say I'm set for life. Like I, like, youtube channel my youtube channel makes i always say this it makes nothing it barely it doesn't pay a fourth of my rent you know what i mean but i love it i love doing it i love engaging with people like it's so much fun like i like the comments i like the feedback i like all of that so i'm just kind of like how do people just stop david kind of just did you know he kind of just stopped. just like you know i guess i guess he was getting worn out you know i don't know i mean how many cars can you give away how much cash can you give away it's fun I guess Mr. Beast. I don't really follow Mr. Beast. I guess he kind of does the same thing too. But you know what? I think that'd be so. I think that'd be good for him. Honestly, I think that'd be great. And um, yeah, I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, go check out Alex Warren. His his vlogs, his laugh, his the he he'll be in a white Tesla with friends. Like it's just it's literally David, um, which I think is cute. I think I think Alex Warren has a lot more like ability to him because I think David always tried to act a lot younger than he was. Like even at twenty one, when I knew him, he still was trying to act like this cute little like sixteen year old. Um, and Alex is a little younger, and he has that he has that very. I'm just a cute little kid kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like, and we're just having fun with our friends. And at a certain age, it gets embarrassing. I think like every, like the vlog order, every friend group has this expiration, right? Like you can't be filming Zane, who's almost 30, just getting blacked out drunk. You know what I mean? Like even me, like, I mean, how much can I troll? You know, you look at that Keemstar versus H3 trolling situation that was happening. It's just like, y'all are like late 30s like you can't just keep being a mess like that's how I feel with me I'm like I can't just keep being a mess I can't just keep crying over boys like I'm fucking 32 like my my situation needs to change I haven't been on the fucking kitchen floor since I moved into this house because it's like hey cry it out in private bitch <gasps> my Chris D'Elia D'Elia-ism just happened there Chris fucking D'Elia can we talk about this Okay, is he, has he done a podcast? See, I'm this off far out of it. Okay. My sister, she was 18, just for the record. But around the same time, he did the same thing. He like wanted, he had a show at like 10 o'clock and wanted to come hook up with my sister at like eight, at like 830. <laughs> She's like, okay, but you're only here for 20 minutes. Like he literally, I think just wanted to fuck everybody. He has a kid and he's marrying now. And hey, 
in my personal opinion, as fucking disgusting as I think it is when someone's like over 30 trying to date a freshly 18 year old because there's just there's just I'm telling you right now that girl's going to want more. She's going to think it's more anyone under 25. They just can't do fucking casual hookups, casual sex. They just can't. There's attachment there. There's they, there's something they want from you. They want to expose you. They want clout. They want something, especially in fucking L.A., but just in general, like. They can't do casual hookups like they're just not mentally there. I'm sorry if you're under 25 and you found this offensive like that's just it. They just can't. I know this, especially girls with older guys. They're going to think, oh, an older guy wants me like he's going to take care of me. They want to they're going to want more. And then when you can't give it to him, they're going to be fucking pissed. They're going to be, oh, fuck him. He just used me to fuck me like that's just how it is. And that's what this situation is happening. I still think it's fucking disgusting when he was like 30 and he's talking to like an 18 year old. There was one where he was like 30. The girl said she's 17. He waits fucking six months for her to turn 18. He's like, hi. She's still the same fucking mind that she was six months prior. The same fucking body just because she's legal now, like doesn't make you less of a creep. Having said that, I do think he is just kind of a creep. I mean, I haven't seen anything of him like fucking a 17 year old, um, which is disgust. Like that's actually fucking illegal and disgusting. And if you ever do that, you're fucking disgusting. But I haven't seen that. I've just seen him like being creepy with 18 and 19 year olds. (laughs) Which is my ex-boyfriend, <laughs> like just Tim. I still get DMs from like 19-year-olds being like, ew, on Snapchat, like so-and-so asked me for whatever. And then I told him I was 19 and he creeped me out and he blocked me. And then they get mad and pissed and send, they shave all the screenshots and shit. It's like, don't fuck with people over tw- under 25 if you're over 30, 35, 40. Like, just don't. Leave that for people under 25. Under 25 people can fuck under 25 people. Like, let them have that moment. Unless you really do want to date them and you're like, but even then when Courtney Stoddard was on my podcast, she was like, yeah, like I was, I didn't fucking know I was fucking 16. Like, I guess I thought I was in love, but he just wanted to like control me and shit. Like she said to herself, watch that podcast. Like, God, these people don't learn. And Crystalia, man. <laughs> oh, but that is the cancel culture. Like as much as like, and I like him, I think he's funny, but I, uh, there was a time I didn't, he does come across as like an asshole. He probably blocked me. And yeah, I was blocked once. I think for saying I didn't like the show, Whitney. I think Whitney did make a statement. I was supposed to go on Whitney Cummings podcast. That's a whole. I was supposed to go on a few people's podcasts. Whitney Cummings being one of them. And it was when she first started. And I think one of her PR people reached out directly to me. It was, I thought it was through my podcast company, Podcast One, because they vet a lot of guests for me. And they're like, oh, they're trying to like, you know, get me podcast trades or whatever. I want to say I thought it was them and it was actually someone directly working for Whitney because I guess Whitney's assistant like loves me because she talked about me once on a not loves me in like in a, in a narcissistic way just I guess he likes me or like follows me or knows me or whatever and um, in the episode with David Spade which ironically I've always asked him to like be on my podcast and we like had brief conversations in the DMs like oh, a couple of years ago nothing sexual but just brief and so he's like oh yeah I know who that is they were talking about how much money I made on their podcast and I was like, I I think I wrote back to the person working for with Whitney. I was just like, fuck no. Like, I've always fucking talked shit about her because I used to just talk shit about her show, Whitney. And I just was scared like tweets would come up. And I'm sure someone will find it now even about me being like how unfunny she is or something. I don't know. I was a fucking bitch back in the day. Like even with Crystalia, like he blocked me because of that. Like Crystalia is so unfunny on Whitney or something. I was like, Whitney's so unfunny. Whatever. And then I watched her stand up recently and it's she was talking about now she's the one that makes the money and shit like that. And I was like, I really did so hard. I was like, oh, I kind of fuck with Whitney. And then she talked about me on her podcast and I kind of fuck with her. And that's the other beautiful thing about age is you like mature and whatever. Um, but I was supposed to be on her podcast and I like just wrote like this thing like, yeah, right. I, she's so fucking unfunny. I didn't say it like that. I wish. Oh, gosh, I find the actual email. I said something along. I was OK. I was nice. 
So they reached out to me. Would you be interested in having Whitney Cummings as a guest? They chose to have me have her on a guest. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a fucking idiot. This is how stupid I am back in November. We are producing her new show, which is coming out next week. It could be super fun and unexpected. She can even bring her sex robot. And so this is the person, this is like from her agency. God, I'm such an idiot. And I see it now. I see the agency name. It's not even from fucking podcast when I'm a fucking idiot. I said, I love her, but I think I said some not so nice things about her show a few years back. Maybe might be, wait, (laughs) okay. I spelled it like W-E-I-G-H-T. Would be sick to get KSI. Oh, oh my God. I'm such a fucking idiot. So KSI was also a potential guest last year. I said, would be sick to get KSI, you know, during the fights when he's relevant right now. Let me know if we can get him at a higher videographer for that show. So awkward. So I don't even see, I don't even want to see because I remember awkwardly. Oh gosh, shit. Okay, I'm already so far into it. Someone's like, if you're doing a video and also putting it on your channel, I'll talk to Whitney and I'm pretty sure she would do it. This is where we're going to just have to fucking end this podcast. I hope you listen all the way through because I'm a fucking idiot. Like me thinking I'm talking to a podcast one, like someone like just representing me because like they always give me guests. I'm like, no, no, you know, I really want to be interested in the guest. I wrote back, no, I don't know if she's a good fit for me. Because they said, oh, if you have a video, I'm sure I'm sure when he would do it. I said, no, I don't know if she's a good fit for me. As I have vocally said, I'm not a huge fan of hers in the past. The fuck, Trish? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I have. I just remember I did tweets. That's why Chris D'Elia blocked me. I don't think I was, like, nasty. I just, you know, I probably said something like, she's not funny or some shit. And I take it back. But with any, and then I said, but with any well-known person, I'd 100% bring a cameraman to film properly. I'm not going to even look up for their response. Because I'm pretty sure their response was something along the lines of, like, hey... Oh, gosh, I look. It's so cringe. You guys, it's so it's so cringe. I'm surprised it's not in this email chain. There was a reply of her being like, hey, I don't know if you think we work for your podcast company, but we just work directly for Whitney. And I was like, so sorry. I do think Whitney, like I said, I saw a stand up of her recently about her talking about like being in her 30s and now making money and like all the other guys being broke. There was something about now she's the one that's the sugar mama. And I just related like it's obviously not relatable for everyone, but I related to it so hard. And I was just like, oh yeah. So, and I thought it was so funny. I put it on my Instagram story. I really do love her. Even when she was talking about me, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe Whitney Cummings. Cause she's fucking, she's iconic. I mean, she brought back the Roseanne show and like, no, it's like me kissing your ass, but no, like she really did do stuff. And it's like that, like I said, when people are, are jealous or bitter or whatever, you know, we're the same age, I believe. And she's doing these shows. She has her own show and she's producing everything. She's making money. She's doing stand up. She's funny. She's skinny. She's beautiful. And I'm just like, I was just like, hate her. And that's what happens when you're fucking hateful in your own heart is you hate on other people for their success. And it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Whitney Cummings, I apologize. I would love to have you as a guest. I would love to be on your show as a guest. She's so fucking funny. She's, she made her name. She made her name legit. She did it good. And, um, yeah, I, I, I publicly, apologize to Whitney Cummings not that she gives a shit but even when she mentioned me on the show she probably had no idea about that interaction or even any of my tweets like about her show back in the day or whatever um and then she said her assistant was a fan I was just like oh don't hate just don't hate on people hey if you think a tv show's unfunny if you think my podcast sucks like you don't need to leave the comment well you know what leave the comment because it's actually good for the engagement especially on the apple podcast app please leave a comment rate and review Any interaction is good for an algorithm on YouTube and the podcast Apple app. Um, Anyways, we're going to wrap it up on that. Uh, But I do have other juicy stories if you guys want to hear about podcasts that have rejected me as their guest because I've been too controversial. And that's a whole list of things we can get into another time. But hey, guys, this has been The Dish with Trish. We will see you next week. Be kind to yourself and others. Spread love and your legs. But always wear a condom and get tested if you don't. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.